Hey, Josh Felber here. Today's episode is amazing. If you're an entrepreneur, if you run a business that's five, six, seven, eight figures, whatever that may be, maybe you're feeling burned out, maybe you're feeling stressed, maybe you're just feeling like overwhelmed by what you have going on, today's guest is going to give you some amazing insights, tips, and nuggets to help you transform your business where you're at and then improve your overall revenue as well as improve your systems processes and give you your time and freedom back. So you got to watch today's guest, Allison Maslin. Uh, she's going to give you tons of amazing insights. And hey, guys, don't forget to subscribe, like, and share this video with friends, family, whatever that may be, help get the word out there. Hey, also too, if you're wondering where this uh, merchandise came from here, you got to check out my favorite website, gratitudegear.com. You can get freedom gear, you can get gratitude quotes, uh, whatever that may be for you, but it's an amazing website. The softest t-shirts, the softest hoodies, the best out there. Check out gratitudegear.com. You are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. Welcome to Making Bank. I am Josh Felber, where we uncover the mindset and the success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business today. Super honored and excited for today's guest. Starting at the age of 19, Allison has built 10 successful companies around her passions in the beauty space, education, software, jewelry manufacturing, and many others. Allison Maslin, CEO of Pinnacle Global Network, is the Wall Street Journal bestselling author of Scale or Fail, which is endorsed by Damon John and Barbara Corcoran of Shark Tank. Now she and her team of CEO mentors pay it forward by helping business owners scale their companies, fast track their success, and create more meaningful lives. Allison has been featured in Success, Fortune, Fast Company, and Forbes magazines, among others, and is a regular contributor to Entrepreneur Magazine, as well as featured expert on ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, and Fox broadcast across the U.S. And as well, she's also the host and producer of Scale or Fail show and the Women Who Own It podcast in partnership with WBENC, the largest certifier of women-owned businesses in North America. So I'm super excited to welcome Allison Maslin to Making Bank today. Ah, thanks, Josh. This will be fun. Super excited to have you, and it's just uh, great to have you on the show and really figure out what made you successful and kind of who you are and what we can dig up for our audience. So um, tell us a little bit about initially, when did you become an entrepreneur? Obviously, it sounds young around the age of 19. That's, I started when I was 14, so it's, it's awesome to have that. <laughs> yeah. But when did you really know you were an entrepreneur before the word, I guess? Well, when I couldn't hold a job for more than two weeks, uh, I really <laughs> realized that <laughs> it wasn't just something I wanted. It was a requirement. Uh, but I grew up in a, a very entrepreneurial family. My um, grandfather started a women's clothing company in Kansas City uh, in the 50s. And then they won the second store in a poker game in, <laughs> Tul in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that's where I was born, and um, he expanded across the country. And so I grew up with this entrepreneurial energy and was very blessed with that, really seeing a man in, in my dad, somebody that was so passionate 
about his work and loved it so much. And so I really saw this idea that if you want something, go create it yourself. Mm. No, that that's that's awesome to have those kind of initial roots of uh, of entrepreneurship around you. What was kind of that first aha moment business that you kicked off? Well, I started in college writing personalized poems for birthdays and anniversaries. In fact, uh, one of my first was for Kenny Monday, who won the gold medal in the Olympics in the eighties. <laughs> Uh, it was my claim to fame and my poetry. And, you know, my dad's like, oh, that's so great that, you know, you, you've become a poet. But did you know poets really don't become really known until they're dead? You know, I was like, thanks, dad. You know, appreciate that vote of confidence. And, you know, and people were just saying, you know, we don't really want a poem, Allison, but do you do brochures? Do you do you do radio? Could you do a television commercial? And, and I was like, sure. You know, I had no idea how to do any of those things. Um, but I was, you know, I wasn't afraid to ask for help. So I used to hang out at the TV station and say, teach me everything I need to know or doing press checks at three in the morning with the printer. And, you know, I just really learned along the way. And that by the time I was 25, I had a full service advertising and PR firm oh, uh, wow. here in, in San Diego. So that's, that's how it all began. And, you know, had, I got clients like Ben and Jerry's and Supercuts and uh, Allstate, Merrill Lynch and so forth. So it grew really fast, uh, which was, you know, pretty wild since I had no idea what the heck I was doing back then. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, you're kind of like just like figuring it out as you go. What what were kind of some of those uh, initial uh, successes and challenges you kind of ran into that now you have applied to everything you do today? Oh my gosh, so much. You know, first of all, learning to ask for help. And I, mm. I think that's where a lot of business owners, they feel that asking for help is a sign of weakness you know, that they should know it on their own. And I knew I knew nothing. So I, I had no, no issues there saying, please help me. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. I became very good at helping other businesses market their business. I had a knack. I was creative. But I didn't know how to scale my own business. Mm. I didn't know how to build a team. I had a few employees, but I was a control freak. Um, I didn't understand the systems and processes. I thought I needed to do everything and be the end all. And so what happened with this business, even though we were making good money uh, and I was traveling and, you know, outwardly successful, but inwardly crumbling as the business grew, I was stretched in so many different directions and I was so afraid of failing. I had a lot of people depending on me at that point. You know, I had a, a sure. my daughter was young and so forth. And so I, I really was miserable in my own success. And I just felt trapped in this business that I had created um, at that, you know, at that young age. And I didn't quite know where to turn. And so what ended up happening was I ended up having a car accident just from, 
you know, running all over the place, not being focused, you know, not being in the present, not enough sleep. Uh, and it was, it was pretty serious and almost took my life. And wow. it was, it was a massive wake up call for me. I really feel like that was such a gift actually. And of course that I'm still here, uh, to tell the story. Right. But, uh, and, but it really was like, you know, Hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? And, you know, I, I share that because there's so many business owners that operate like this daily. You know, I, like literally I could drive down the street. I could go to the restaurant, the dry cleaner, the recru recruiting company, and I would go in and talk to the CEO. And a lot of them are running around haggard like that. And so, you know, I really became committed at that point. I knew I was unemployable because I couldn't hold a job for, for more than a couple of weeks. So I, I knew I needed to figure this out. I wanted to love it. And I wanted to understand how was it that my clients like Ben and Jerry's or even Charlotte Roos that had thousands of employees, how was it that the CEO was not standing over everybody or a lot of the time not even there? And what were the systems and processes that they, they had employed to really have a well-oiled machine? Because, and so that became my mission. Uh, back many years, this is now 40 years in business that I, I am now. So this is, you know, really looking back. Um, but that was the beginning of, of developing what I call our scale-up method. And um, I built nine, nine more companies since then that I've had a blast with and uh, run it in a very, very different way now than I did back then. <laughs> right. Because nine more companies, <laughs> you don't want to be in that same spot that you were before. Yeah. That's a lot, a lot yeah. of extra pressure. Exactly. And just really committed to helping business owners see it because, you know, once you make that shift and you build a team managed company and you shift into a more scalable model, it's life changing. You know, your the business grows much faster. You are able to help a lot more people and you're not working in the day to day of the business anymore. I think that's super important. You know, and like you, I mean, we you, we get stuck where you're doing everything. You're trying to hire people. You're you're also the CFO, the yeah. you know the uh, the 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 shipper and and all kinds of stuff. And as you start to hire people, you don't think about always those systems and processes um, until you get to a certain point, like you said, where you were, and you're like, oh my gosh, what, what am I doing? Why I have all this pressure and stress on me? Yes, exactly. And so from that, what were kind of some of the different things that you found that has led you to be able to have that freedom and be able to have a more um, comfortable lifestyle where you're not stressed and not overworked and not overwhelmed? Yeah. So, you know, I really determined that there were five phases to scaling a company and most business owners get to between like phase two and three. So if you, if you've hit the seven figures of your business and you, you can relate to the story that I just shared, you're in the phase I call the ringleader hmm. and it's a bit of a circus. So even though you have maybe a decent sized team, you still have your hands in every single area of the business. And you're very afraid to let go. I think that's the thing that most business owners struggle with. They mean well. 
you know, they're the hardest workers. You know, they work harder than, than their team a lot of the time. You know, they're first person there, last person to leave. And, you know, they're, they're afraid that if they let go and they allow the team to take it over, that the things are going to slip through the cracks. It's their baby. And right. that, you know, they're going to lose big accounts. You know, all, all of those things come up. But the truth is, is that if they stay in the role of being the ringleader, being the boss, telling people what to do, they're never going to empower the team to take it and run with it. You know, we become addicted as a business owner to being the savior, to being the hero. I can fix that. Yeah. Oh, here's the answer. Oh, I got it. And then they're frustrated that they're always the one that people turn to for the answer and the <laughs> rescue. We create our own insanity as sure, you know, so you've got to shift from being the boss to being a leader and empower the team. Instead of delegate, you're empowering the team to treat it like it's their own. Hmm. And instead of giving the answers, you are, you're encouraging them to think and to come up with the solutions themselves. You know, how would you handle this? What, mm, what would right. you recommend we do? Or why don't you put a plan together and present that to me? And so you start to build this collaborative company and it's, it's such a different experience and it's so much more fun. And where the team starts to really build the company and your values and vision are so entrenched in the business at this point that you're able to start stepping back and they're able to start stepping up. And that's where the business can really take off. That's, yeah, no, and I think you're right. I mean, we are, like our company we have, we have a um, natural personal care company. So we make all natural demo products. And if you've seen any like JP Sears' videos, he promotes our teeth whitening product and we make everything right here in Ohio and are building over that way. <laughs> but yeah. we have like 25, 30 people that work for us. And it's kind of always been, like you said, it's a circus and everything else. And we're in, you know, in that seven to eight figure range. And, you know, and now we finally have an operations person that, you know, make sure people are executing on their jobs and doing it. And you're like, why are people not, and, you know, and, and why are people not following the systems and procedures or what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so totally. having that person there is huge because now it's like taking a huge chunk of weight off my wife and everything to be able to have to uh, oversee. She feels that she's got to oversee everything and yeah. coming from a nursing background and want to help people and make sure everybody's yeah. comfortable and happy. So. I know that's what we do. And, you know, especially with women and women business owners, we're caretakers, you know, we, we want to make everybody happy and, you know, we have a great team. We have close to 50 employees at Pinnacle Global Network and, you know, we want to make everybody happy, but we also realize that our job is not to be their mother, you know, and, and, and they don't need that. They already have one. So, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> But it, it, and it's also to, you know, having like you have this operations person. So really identifying who are those leaders within your team that you see they shine, they have the, the natural leadership quality, then promote them, put them into that leadership position, whether it's, you know, the COO, 
position or the marketing director or the sales director, or maybe they're running your revenue streams, overseeing your products or services. And those are going to be your, you know, they basically are the entrepreneurs of those sectors of the company. Mm. And, and so they, you know, they, these are people that can cast a vision. These are people that they are visionaries. And so they need to be visionaries because the people that they're leading on their team within your company, they know how to inspire them, right? And so whether you need to bring those people in or you, you know, build them up within the company, that's going to be really critical. So they cast a vision. And then the second thing is that they, you never have to wonder what they're doing. Mm, sure. You never have to be thinking, no. Oh, wonder they you know are they getting to the bottom of their to-do list are they finishing that project you know like you don't have to think about that you know they're leaders and you know they're doing what they need to do and that takes so much pressure off of the business owner as you gear up for fall you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the right people for the right job that you want to talk to faster and for free. One of the great things I know we use LinkedIn Jobs for our company. When we were looking for someone to add to our marketing team, we were able to really dive in, put in exactly what we wanted, and all of a sudden we had a lot of different potential applicants coming to us. And we were super excited when we found the right candidate after several weeks and got him hired on our team and was really excited and really appreciate LinkedIn Jobs' easiness to use as well as the potential candidate pool. In LinkedIn Jobs, you get to create a free job post in minutes to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hiring frame to the LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring on your network, which can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right candidates that you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash making bank. Again, that's linkedin.com forward slash making bank to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply as usual. And part of, um, you know, as you're talking about, you know, scaling and there's a lot of different stuff all over the internet, like, oh, scale, 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 top line revenue, things like that. You know, obviously you got to have profit <laughs> and it's not just yes. top line revenue. Yes. Kind of what's your take on that? And as you guys are coaching companies and working with them, what's the overall focus? Yeah, I think scaling is an overused word and well, it's it's a misused word because right. it's not it's not just fast growth. Scaling really is creative strategy. Mm. It's a multiplier. 
And so you have to figure out what is the best scalable model for you. So if the business owner is still delivering the product or service, that's not scalable. You know, if you are the CFO or you are the attorney, and even if you have other attorneys or you're the, the therapist and you have other therapists on the team, but if you're still delivering that product or service, that's not scalable. There's only so many hours in the day. So you have to shift into a more scalable model, whether that's master franchising or certification or subscription or software. I mean, mm. there's, you know, a number of models that create a multiplier, right? But, uh, and so it's figuring out the right strategy that's going to create the growth. But underneath that, you know, what I didn't have years ago, what are the systems and processes to make sure that you're, you can meet that demand, you know, that your company is going to be sustainable because a lot of businesses can grow fast and topple over because they don't have the strong foundation underneath. And so that's really looking at your margins and, you know, making sure that you have a decent margin and that you can get clear on what is my, you know, what is my net profit percentage that we want to keep throughout our growth. You know, is it, and, and depending on what the industry is, and, you know, it's nice to be at the top of what your industry is. So let's say, you know, let's say 10% profitability is good. Let's get you to a 12. It, you know, maybe your industry is 20% profitability. But if you're making more money and your profit's going down, that, that you know, it doesn't make sense. So you're always looking at, at both the top line and the bottom line. Yeah, that I mean, and that's super important because obviously, if you run out of money <laughs> yeah. from growing the top line and the pay people and to run the business, it's uh, it, it that's a whole nother challenge in itself. Yeah, although some some businesses are really just looking for top line growth, and that's if they're really trying to get investors. And right, investors find that's really important, and they understand that okay, you know, they're building it out, they're investing, they're putting the money back into the business. And we'll, we're not going to worry about profits now. We're going to, we'll, we'll get to that later. Uh, but generally that's not the case. And you really do have to keep your eye on the profits. And you see, you tend to see it more with, um, software companies, SaaS types, you know, style companies and stuff is, uh, where they're running, you know, they have a big burn rate and, you know, just focused on top line revenue, uh, at least from what I've seen. Yeah, and those are real scalable. Software is real scalable because it's your, you know, investment to build the thing and then, you know, you can reach as many people as you want. So, right. Awesome. You know, not a lot of a lot not a, a lot of cost to reproduce. One of the things you mentioned what early on was happiness and within yourself and 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 stress and everything else and now you kind of have the systems and everything's in process. How do you kind of maintain or what successful things have you done now um, as you continue to grow your businesses and, you know, having nine different companies at one point? And uh, what do you do for yourself to keep yourself sane and successful and happy and spending time with the family? Yeah, I mean, I've learned the hard way over the years in, in you know, experiencing burnout and really getting to that point where you start asking yourself like, okay, you know, is this how I want to live my life? And so, um, you know, in really understanding how to build a team-managed company, what happens is that you start to free yourself from the day-to-day. -day. 
of the business. And it, and it can happen pretty fast because most of our entrenchment in the business is really us. Like if I looked at a CEO's calendar, I could probably take them off of half of what they're doing during the week. And what could you do with that time? So about five years ago, I started taking a week off every single month within my company. And I realized that the business started growing even faster because I wasn't there. They had to make their own decisions. Um, Now I'm off almost two weeks a month. And uh, my husband and I bought a um, property in Mexico. So we're living there half the time now. And, And the interesting thing is, is that I'm more energized about the business than ever. I become more inspired because I have room to think. Mm. You know, when when right. you're in the day to day, there's no there's no breakthrough happening when you're checking off your to do list. <laughs> you know, it's not. But no. when you're in a place where you you feel really at, at ease and inspired, you know, you can't help it. Being that entrepreneur, the ideas come. And, you know, massive breakthroughs for our company happen for me when I'm away and I become, I I can get the download for the solution that we need to fix some of the minutiae challenges that are happening within the company. So extricating you as a CEO, having a company that's really able to run without you, which is what you want anyway, because there's a point that you're going to sell your company or pass it along. And if it's dependent on you, it's not worth much. True. Yeah. So it's really critical that you're, that you have this independence from your company. It's so, um, yeah. No, that's, that's great. It's funny. Sanity back. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because whenever we're, we have a place in Florida too. So whenever we're down there for two or three weeks at a time, the kids are always like, mom, the business is always doing way better when we're not there. Maybe we should just stay down here more often. <laughs> well, it's true. It's true. And look, I love uh, my business, Pinnacle Global Network. I love our team. We have amazing clients. And, you know, I don't plan on going anywhere. I'm, I'm you know, really committed to, to this. This is a legacy business for me, and I'm passionate about it. But I'm no good to anyone. If I'm in there and micromanaging, I actually make it worse because they've got it handled now. They've got it dialed in. And I come in and start going, well, did so-and-so do this? Or we, you know, and they start going in another direction. And then, you know, it, it's just like, Allison, please stay in your lane. Like that's, that's what they say to me now, you know. You, you got to check yourself sometimes, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, hey, guys, I hope you guys are really paying attention to what Allison's been talking about today, taking the notes. If not, go back, listen, and watch this again. And really pay attention. We're talking about just you know starting to create some systems and processes in your business, uh, whether you plan to sell it or whether you don't plan to sell it down the road. Either way, you need to have systems and processes because it'll help you sell it for more or it'll just help you stay more sane. As well as uh, empower your team, empower your team to take be leaders. They can even help you start to put these systems and processes in place for whatever their department that they may be running. And you know, start to step away, figure out how you can step away, take a look at your calendar that you have and see what initial items that you really don't need to handle 
on that calendar that you can delegate to somebody on the team and then empower them to move forward with that. So again, take those notes, start applying them to your business, to your life today. Even think about taking a week off or start with a day off once a month um, as Allison does and and then really figure out, you know, give you time to clear your own head and, and to be able to have that time to yourself. One last thing before we wrap up, what's something you're like, oh man, I was hoping Josh was going to ask me a question like this, but he didn't, or I just really want to share this with everybody before we wrap up today. Yeah, I would just say that, you know, I feel that the work that the business owner is doing is so, so important. And you're contributing to so many people's lives. Of course, your customers, you're making a difference in the world, your employees, their families, your own family. And I, I think sometimes the business owner gets, gets a bad rap. And I, I just want to honor you because, you know, you have worked so hard and you should be so proud of what you're doing and what you've created. And also just to know that that big vision that you have, it's there it's waiting for you, and it absolutely can be realized. Get support. Don't feel like you have to do it on your own. It, it is not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength, and it's lonely at the top, um, but there are a lot of people out there that can relate, and uh, you're not going crazy, um, and you know I'm just rooting for you. Awesome. And where can people get more information, what you have going on and connect with you on social and everything? Yeah. So they can uh, direct message me on social, on Instagram, on LinkedIn at Allison Maslin. And then uh, you can check out more about us on our website at pinnacleglobalnetwork.com. Awesome, guys. And we have everything down below for you guys to just click and go check it out. Uh, Allison, again, thank you for coming on Making Bank today. Just an honor to have you on the show and share some really cool, amazing insights for everybody and just appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. I am Josh Felber. You are watching Making Bank. Get out and be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube.